The following podcast contains explicit language. Are you ready to make America great again? Bernie Sanders doesn't get it. Hillary Clinton doesn't get it. Barack Obama, he really don't get it. The next time we see him, we might have to kill him. Donald Trump has a lot of work to do telling us what he's going to do specifically. I continue to believe Mr. Trump will not be president. And the reason is because I have a lot of faith in the American people. Hello and welcome to Trumpcast, the show about the national nightmare known as Donald Trump. I'm Jacob Weisberg. I haven't done that one in a while. Sometimes it's good just to play it straight. So last night was the vice presidential debate. Here's what happened. Tim Kaine tried to make Mike Pence defend Donald Trump's positions. Mike Pence wouldn't even acknowledge them, let alone defend them. Instead, he stated his own positions, which are at odds with Trump's on a whole bunch of important issues like Russia. In the past, there's always been an assumption that a vice presidential candidate should agree to support the major policy positions of the person heading the ticket. But that's out the window this year, mainly because Trump doesn't have normal policy positions. Instead, he's got a bunch of applause lines, old grudges, personal grievances, and ridiculous suggestions. It's like trying to pin down hot air. Half the time, Donald Trump doesn't even defend Donald Trump's positions. You can't defend them. And Pence was smart not to try. But it does matter what Mike Pence thinks, because if Donald Trump were to be elected president, someone would actually have to run the executive branch. That person surely wouldn't be Donald Trump. As likely as not, it would be Mike Pence. Mark Joseph Stern has been writing about Pence's actual views in Slate. I'll be back to speak to him right after we do the tweets. Wow. Just saw the really bad at CNN ratings. People don't want to watch bad product that only builds up crooked Hillary. I know a complex tax laws better than anyone who has ever run for president. And I am the only one who can fix them. Hashtag failing at New York Times. I have created tens of thousands of jobs and will bring back great American prosperity. Hillary has only created jobs at the FBI and the DOJ. Bernie should pull his endorsement of crooked Hillary after she deceived him and then attacked him and his supporters. Wow, did you just hear Bill Clinton's statement on how bad Obamacare is? Hillary, not happy. As I've been saying, repeal and replace. Wow, at CNN is so negative. Their panel is a joke, biased and very dumb. I'm turning to Fox News where we get a fair shake. Mike will do great. My guest today is Mark Joseph Stern. He writes about legal affairs and LGBTQ issues for Slate. Mark, welcome to Trumpcast. 
Thanks so much for having me on. So what happened in the debate last night? It was like Tim Kaine couldn't land a punch. He kept trying to make Mike Pence defend Donald Trump's positions, and Pence, like, just ignored him. Oh, it was so painful to watch, right? Uh, you know, Tim Kaine is a, is a very earnest and sincere guy, and he clearly went out there on the stage thinking, okay, I'm going to land some punches. I'm going to force Pence to defend Trump's record because that's what vice presidential candidates do, right? But it turns out that Pence was playing a different game, uh, and he was not very interested in defending anything that Donald Trump had said. In fact, he, he explicitly denied that Trump had said a number of things that we know, he said, because they're on videotape. Uh, And just this morning, the Clinton campaign, of course, released an ad showing Pence denying that Trump had said these things and then comparing it with an actual recording of Trump saying them. But the day after doesn't matter nearly as much as in the moment. And I think in the moment, it was a real swing and a miss for Mr. Kane. And and accusing Pence kept accusing Kane of insulting Trump. I mean, as if calling Trump to account for these outrageous statements and lies is an insult. Right. You know, uh, our colleague Jamel Bowie called last night a national gaslighting. Uh, and I think that <laughs> captures it really perfectly. Kane would say, hey, you guys did this. Your candidate did this. And Pence would say, nah, you did that. You know, it was this bizarre kind of schoolyard taunt, a complete denial of reality. But in the moment, it felt extremely effective. I think almost everyone agrees that Pence, quote unquote, won the debate. He certainly seemed to trounce Kane. Kane seemed flustered and confused. And Pence seemed very smooth. You know, this guy's a former talk show host. He knows how to handle himself on the stage. Well, Kane was assuming a kind of conventional warfare in a way where the vice president has to defend the views of the other guy, other person on the ticket with him. But in this case, Trump's views, he can't defend Trump's views. He doesn't agree with Trump's views. And Trump's views are so casual and unserious that nobody expects them to be defended. Right. It was like no vice presidential debate we've ever seen. You know, one guy went out there to defend the top of the ticket. That was Tim Kaine. And one guy went out there to just defend his own prospects in 2020, maybe. I mean, I'm not entirely sure what Pence's game here was. We've heard that the Trump campaign might actually be a little upset with him because he did back away from a lot of Trump's views, especially on Russia, where Pence revealed himself as a total hawk saying we need to be aggressive against Putin. And Trump goes out there and says, hey, Putin's my BFF. You know, he's a strong leader. I wish we had a leader like that. It was a complete tonal shift. It was a substantive shift. Um, But it seemed to work for him in the moment, no matter what reckoning there might have been once he stepped off of the stage. Uh, And it clearly caught Kane off guard, and he never really recovered from those first few minutes. But in a way, it's a little reassuring that Pence has his own views, whatever they are, because if Trump's elected president, someone's going to have to run the government. And we know it's not going to be Donald Trump. It's presumably going to be Mike Pence. Well, I'm I'm not so sure I find it reassuring <laughs> that Mike Pence's views could ever be enacted into federal law, uh, given how extremist and sort of wacky they are. Um, but I agree that it's nice to know he is an adult, even if he's a totally militant, loony adult. So let's talk about those views of, of uh, Mike Pence. One thing that really surprised me was that the moderator, Elaine Quijano, who I think didn't do a great job in general, she didn't even ask him about LGBTQ issues, which is kind of the thing he's most 
known for, being an extremist on those issues is in Indiana. That's right. If, if the average American knows anything about Mike Pence, they know that last year he signed this bill called the Religious Freedom Restoration Act that was intended to give for-profit businesses a right to discriminate against LGBTQ customers. Uh, and then he went on national TV and just lied about its purpose and intent. Uh, he eventually signed a legislative fix that prevented it from being used for discrimination, but he never really seemed to have his heart in that. I think he he definitely wanted to give businesses the right to turn away gay customers. And this was just the latest in a long history of promoting and passing laws that explicitly target and discriminate against LGBTQ people. It seemed in a way, though, Marco, a kind of last gasp of the gay discrimination as a cause on the right. I mean, that Pence had to basically abandon his view in Indiana, which is a very conservative state. And essentially, he lost on that issue and lost very quickly. That was sort of it, right, in terms of the right really standing up for discrimination against gay people? Yeah, I think that ever since then, they've learned that they have to do it a lot more cleverly, sort of behind closed doors. You don't get to just push out this big bill and say, this is it. Now we're discriminating. Uh, but I think it's pretty revealing that Pence has been able to dodge these issues pretty much the entire campaign, because this is a guy who, in his uh, first successful congressional run in 2000, said that we need to divert federal HIV funds to fund gay conversion therapy to turn gay people straight. Uh, And he's never disclaimed those beliefs. He seems to still think that gay people can be turned heterosexual uh, with just a little bit of, you know, torture therapy. Uh, He's a guy who says that gay unions are a deterioration of marriage and family. He opposed repealing Don't Ask, Don't Tell. He opposes workplace non-discrimination laws for gay people. So, you know, he has this crazy record, but he hasn't brought it up. He hasn't tried to use it to bring voters over to his side in this campaign. So, I think you're right that uh, he and the GOP are starting to realize this is not the way to draw votes in a presidential cycle. But there's still a question of what are his views on gay people. I mean, some of those things you cited, as outrageous as that all is, some of that's kind of old. And the world has changed very quickly on these issues. And a lot of people on the right have changed very quickly on these issues. We want to let them change their views on these issues. What does he think about it now? I don't really know. I mean, I, I, I doubt he would still defend gay conversion therapy in any way. And I don't really know what he thinks about gay marriage now that it's the law of the land. Well, it's a great question, uh, especially since he has not really revealed his views. But we do know that the GOP and, and the Trump-Pence ticket supports overturning Obergefell versus Hodge, uh, the 2015 Supreme Court decision uh, holding that uh, gay people have a fundamental right to marry. So he does want to revoke probably the most important gay rights victory in American history. Um, we, we, we know that he doesn't personally support same-sex marriage because up until Obergefell was decided, Indiana was pushing through a same-sex marriage constitutional amendment ban. Um, And he was very supportive of that. So we know he does not believe in same-sex marriage at all. Uh, He strongly defended Indiana's same-sex adoption ban, again, up through 2015, up until the Supreme Court said, you don't get to do this anymore. So he still does have these very reactionary views on gays. He's just not pushing them out front and center as much as he used to in, say, the year 2000. It's funny, if you wanted to say what's one issue on which Donald Trump is not completely insane, probably say gay rights. He seems like he doesn't have any problem with gay people and whatever he kind of had to say about it in the primaries, his his 
record such as it is 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 reasonable on gay equality, isn't it? Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, this is this is a guy. So he who, picked the nominee. The the one issue that he's reasonable on, he like went out of his way to pick the one person as a nominee who represents the opposite view. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. It's very bizarre, right? Because Donald Trump is a guy who who spent his life in the upper echelons of society where money mattered way more than anything else. You know, he he does not care about sexual orientation. We know he has a fair number of gay friends. He hung out with gay people. He himself is kind of campy. Uh, You know, if it weren't for this run, I think he would have had a good shot at being like a camp icon. Um, He's ruined all of that now. It's squandered. But uh, like you said, he went ahead and said, well, how can I balance out the one redeeming quality of my candidacy? And he went and picked the most one of the most extreme anti-gay politicians in the entire country as his VP choice. Can you do you have any insight into Pence's homophobia? I mean, sometimes on the right, there's some characters on the right, you kind of think, hmm, they haven't really necessarily dealt with their own sexuality in a way that seems to produce some kind of primeval fear of gayness. Then there are other people on the religious right who just seem to have a biblically based they're just taking that injunction against homosexuality with, you know, extreme literalness. And I guess there are other types, too. Where do you put Mike Pence? I don't get a particular vibe about him. You know, I would love to believe that Mike Pence is a closet monster who is uh, <laughs> obscuring his own sexuality by attacking nah, uh, I'm not. People. I'm not seeing it, Mark. I'm not seeing I'm it, not, Mark. But no, I'm not either. I think that he's just one of these guys who was raised very religious. You know, I, I grew up in the South. I grew up in North Florida. We call it the Redneck Riviera. And there were a ton of guys there who were exactly like Mike Pence. You know, they were nice in person. They were kind of bland and calm and smooth. And they were just raised with this very fundamentalist belief about sexuality and gender. And I think that's Mike Pence. I think he has militant uh, and reactionary beliefs that emerge from years of church and Bible study and youth group and whatever that tell him homosexuality is sinful. It's dangerous. It's toxic. You know, gender roles are godly. They're important to maintain. And same-sex relationships violate those uh, godly decrees. And I think that's pretty much what's going on here. He he tries to live by his faith, you know. He's not one of these guys who has tens gazillion marriages like Trump and, and Newt Gingrich and all those guys, Rudy Giuliani. He is, you know, a guy who walks the walk on, on his faith. And so I think he's just being honest with the public about what he believes and he just happens to believe some really horrible stuff. So uh, oddly enough, this campaign hasn't been that much about social issues, partly because it's just settled business, I think. But abortion evolution, prayer in schools. Where is Pence on all of these issues? I mean, where is he on evolution? Where is he on climate change? Where is he on abortion? Uh, so glad you asked. Um, so Mike Pence does not believe that climate change exists. Um, he also gets millions of dollars in funds from coal lobbyists. So you can. So hang on there. So there, there are a variety of positions here. He doesn't just take the position some conservatives do that we can't prove that it's that it's man-made. He thinks climate change isn't happening, period? Oh, yeah, that's right. No, he thinks it's a fraud. He says, oh, well, you know, people talked about an ice age in the 1970s. They're talking about climate change now. It's all made up. Uh, he thinks that scientists are just manipulating the figures. Um, that's his belief, and he's sticking to it. Uh, about Indi- Indiana's a good place to live if you're going to hold that position. Yeah, it sure is. The Zika mosquitoes won't get there for years, right? <laughs> um, you know, he, he has a similar belief about uh, evolution. He thinks it's not real. He rejects 
rejects it. He is a young earth creationist. Um, uh, sometimes he sounds more like an intelligent design guy, but most of the time he sounds like a creationist. He has endorsed teaching creationism in public schools on the Congress floor. Uh, so that tells you uh, all you need to know about prayer in schools. He also is very supportive of that. Uh, and so he just sort of reads like a classic 1994 conservative to me, one of these guys who wants to bring America back to the 1950s on all these social issues. Young Earth creationist, does that actually mean that he thinks that the Earth is like 6,000 years old? Yes, uh, and that dinosaurs maybe never existed. Like I said, he's a little hazy here. Perhaps he realizes it might uh, sink some of his mainstream chances if he's totally open. But in his more honest moments, it does sound like this is a guy who denies that dinosaurs ever roamed this earth or that if they did, they cohabitated it with Adam and Eve. <laughs> why didn't why didn't Tim Kaine or Elaine Quijano hit him with that? You don't believe dinosaurs existed? I mean, that's ridiculous. I have absolutely no idea. It's a great question. You know, Kane seemed to be really focused on getting the stuff about Putin out there, getting the stuff about Trump's tax returns out there. He had his few issues and he just pummeled him with those. Uh, Quijano didn't seem to care about any issues that most voters care about. You know, she talked endlessly about the national debt and social security with some pretty dubious figures. Uh, but she didn't bring up any of these social issues. The one she did bring up was abortion. Uh, Pence is similarly extreme on abortion. Um, he signed into law in Indiana a bill that uh, prevented women from obtaining abortions uh, because of fetal abnormalities, uh, including lethal abnormalities. And the law would have made any doctor who performed an abortion because of fetal abnormalities liable for wrongful death charges. Uh, the law was, of course, blocked in court as blatantly unconstitutional. But Quijano didn't ask anything about it. She asked, as a man of faith, what is your position? That's such a softball. It's not even even a ball. It's absurd. Uh, and so it was really outrageous. I was sitting at home screaming at my TV. You know, I know being a moderator is a hard job and I know Kane was focused on his few issues. But why in the world couldn't Quijano bring these out and make them stick? Well, she should have said as a man of faith, what's your favorite dinosaur? <laughs> that's right. That's right. And he, he would have said, I don't have a favorite dinosaur. Yeah. And she could have said, why not? There are lots of nice dinosaurs. And right. He would have had to say, I don't believe there were any dinosaurs. That's why I don't have a favorite. Right. Or on the off chance that there were, then whichever dinosaur Adam and Eve preferred, <laughs> that's the one I'm sticking with. So he he somehow slipped past. I mean, he, he not just he didn't just slip the Tim Kaine noose of tying him to to Donald Trump. He basically escaped having to own up to the extremity of his own positions on all sorts of issues. Yeah, that's right. He he slipped away. He didn't have to answer to any of this. And I don't think he ever will now. I mean, this was his one big chance to be really pressured to explain himself on these crazy beliefs. Quijano didn't do it. Kane didn't do it. He got away. Uh, when are we ever going to have that opportunity again? I don't know. If he runs for president in 2020, you know, maybe then. Uh, but for now, it looks like we're going to get stuck with the public image of Pence as this smooth, slick, mainstream conservative. And we'll all just have to sort of grimace and say, we know the truth, but Quijano didn't think it mattered that anybody else knows. What do you think Pence does if and when Trump loses? Does he does he throw him overboard? Does he then say, hey, didn't you notice in that debate, I didn't defend Trump's positions. I didn't agree with it. I had to be loyal to the party. But 
that's not I didn't think that stuff about any any of those issues. That has to be his long game. There's no other explanation for it. He's got to be positioning himself to say, hey, I supported the party. I'm a party man. But, you know, I never went to bat for the really crazy stuff Trump said. I'm still my own man. Uh, and I have a real shot at 2020. You know, he's going to be out of the public eye soon. He's not running for governor again, naturally. Um, and so he'll have some time to recoup, maybe disappear, go back to hosting talk shows or something and emerge as a, a brand new, fresh figure on the national stage in 2018, throwing off all of the all of the nasty Trump stuff and pretending like this debate was uh, his only real input into the 2016 election. I mean, to me, Pence looks like a, a classic evangelically supported candidate who can do well in Republican primaries, especially the early ones where they, the activists are out in force, but would just be hopeless as a presidential candidate and, and far more hopeless than, than Trump is because he, his intrinsic appeal is to such a minority of the population and a minority that's getting smaller as the country becomes more diverse. I think that's right. I think he's a, a Rick Santorum uh, type. And I think whether or not that will help or hinder him in 2020 depends on the dynamics of the party at that point. You know, which wing of the party is going to get purged? Is it the Trump wing? Is it the evangelical wing? Uh, we just don't know yet. Um, but if the GOP has a, a full evangelical takeover and all the Trumpists and Nazi Twitter frog types jump ship and form another party, uh, then Pence 2020 sounds like a pretty good bet. I've been talking to Mark Joseph Stern. He's a staff writer for Slate. Mark, thanks for joining me on the show. Thanks so much for having me on. That's it for today's show. Trumpcast was produced by Jason DeLeon. His favorite dinosaur is the Brontosaurus. They're vegetarian. They seem friendly. I mean, who doesn't love a Brontosaurus? Slate's executive producer is Steve Lichtai. He thinks the Triceratops is pretty cool. Jurassic Park made a big impression on him. Andy Bowers is a dinosaur. He's also the chief content officer of the Panoply Network. John D. Domenico is our voice of Donald Trump. I'm Jacob Weisberg. Thanks for listening to Trumpcast. I would talk about the debate between the vice presidential nominees, but I didn't watch it. I don't like that stuff. It's very, very boring. Tim Kaine has the personality of a doorstop, and Mike drives me crazy. I actually call him Mike Tense behind his back. And sometimes I say it to his face because that's what he is. He's tense. He's too tense. I don't even know why I chose him, frankly.